you ever just drop the first episode of a podcast and then peace out for a year? Ansible, what, uh, what's been happening since the last episode? I had stopped working by this time last year already at Office Depot, and I had just been on that job grind. I, I had been looking for a job for most of the year without much luck, hopefully understandably. And then I, I think I got a little lucky at the beginning of this year. I don't normally answer um, phone calls from people I don't know, especially, you know, because robocalls. The only reason I answered this phone call was because I have like an app called Truecaller and it has like um, some caller ID features. And this person had a, you know, full first and last name. So I picked it up like, what the hell? And he asked me um, if I was looking for a job still and if I could come in for an interview the next day. Went into the interview the next day. Didn't really speak much in the interview. The My future boss, now current boss, I, I watched him convince himself into hiring me during the course of the interview where I said very little. <laughs> and then uh, he said, can you start the next week? Or at least I got an offer letter asking me if I could start the next week. Um, so now I've been employed for a little over three months. That's the end of my probationary period. They, they decided to keep me. So I have a full-time engineering job now, and that's like really exciting for me. Yeah, very nice, man. Congrats. What have been the best and worst parts of the job so far? I really like the work environment. I think that's like the biggest plus. Like the boss is pretty reasonable and like a nice guy. And he like really doesn't bother the engineers upstairs, um, me and the other engineer that work upstairs. Uh, he just kind of like, we know the operation. We know what we're supposed to do. He lets us do what we're supposed to do and doesn't really like pressure us really to finish our job or anything because he knows like quality takes time. Uh, so that's like the best part to me. The worst part is that I would say the pay is a little tragic for a, like a starting position, but the boss did promise, you know, like if I provide value to the company, he'd provide value to me. So we'll see if he delivers on those promises. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a good thing to be employed again, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, like tragic dollars is better than zero dollars. Okay, cool. Anything else besides a career you want to mention? Um, well, now that I've like ticked off one box of, you know, find a career, I've been on like the dating app grind, but we can cover that in this episode. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got plenty to say about that. What about you? For me, I was laid off from my job uh, late last year, and since then, uh, I wanted to be a software developer for a while. I started working on that before I was laid off by making my own website. So those plans kind of accelerated uh, becoming unemployed. So I taught myself just different web dev technologies, uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, React, Redux, uh, Node.js, and Express. That's a lot of things, man. Yeah, yeah. Made myself a portfolio of four different web apps to kind of showcase my uh, specialties. So I made a repli replica of a board game that I like a lot called Shobu. It's a simple grid movements, piece capturing, turn-taking kind of game. I made a file and folder manager for part of like a company's interview process. Just view files and folders, delete, upload, download. I made a board game recommender. So if you like, say, Settlers of Catan and Monopoly, and you want to find what games are most similar to those, you basically input both of those. And uh, my algorithm like takes this, the game mechanics that belong to each game. So like, if Monopoly has like dice rolling and auctioning, and Settlers of Catan has road building, or sorry, area control, and also dice rolling, then it'll find like what games have like all three of those mechanics and rank them higher than games that only have like auction and not the other two. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I thought it was too. Um, that's why I made it. <laughs> the uh, I got a little scared recently because um, I got an email saying, hey, we're about to start charging $29 per month for access to the API. Uh -huh. um, and I, I, I just replied like, well, this kind of puts me in a kind of chicken and egg situation financially. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to use your API to get a job so I can get money so I can pay for your API. Um, but luckily, the very next day, they like send an update email of like, hey, we'll have some sort of limited free tier, which there's not much information about it yet, but hopefully I qualify. Okay, cool. So that's project three. Yeah. And the most recent one, I think the most impressive one by far, I call it Meander after like a Roman style of like 
architecture or like patterning, how they decorate like walls and stuff called like Meandros or something. Anyway, Meander is a patterned uh, wallpaper generator. So basically it like generates like hexagons or triangles or other shapes that like nestle into each other, like tessellations. Um, you can change the parameters. You can like compress and stretch the shapes in different uh, ways. You can add in like a color scheme or a color palette. You can add like a blur effect or a trendy like grainy effect. Mm -hmm. um, you can export it for like different uh, di digital device sizes for like an iPhone or for like a Twitter header um, or things like that. Uh, and you can like easily generate a new one just by pressing spacebar. I uh, like that one a lot. I mean, I'm generally impressed by something I made, you know, which is a good feeling. Yeah. So now that finished up a few weeks ago and it's on me to like, like showcase myself or like advertise myself accurately to get a job. Mm -hmm. So I've been on the job application grind, like pretty steadily, at least this past week. I found some resistance with like, I've noticed like internal resistance to like just doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Like it's hard for me to do more than like 15 or 20 applications in a day. That seems like a lot to me. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, would it be better to, like, find a few companies I really want to work for and, like, you know, contact people or, like, write cover letters um, and go, like, really hard for them as opposed to, like, my kind of, like, spray and pray <laughs> kind of current method. Yeah. Um, and also, I just started earlier before this recording, like, this, like, video series about, like, how to, for developers, how to modify your, like, LinkedIn profile to get a job. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw, like, I have, like, a lot of updates to do there. Another strange concern about like being pseudonymous loopy is that I'm hesitant to associate hard links to my portfolio project with my like real name LinkedIn account. Right. But I may just have to like get over it and accept that like no one actually cares as much as I do, like nearly as much. And it'll be more useful to recruiters to like easily click through to see my stuff if they want to. Oh, wait. So like are your like GitHub projects linked to loopy? And not your real name? Yeah, all my portfolio projects are linked to my pseudonym. Oh. Nothing's linked to my real name. But like, really, no one's paying attention to me. So like, it's not as big a deal as I probably have convinced myself it is in my mind. Okay. So I can probably just do it. And yeah, that's about it. I've also been socially probably the loneliest I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. Which is, it's, it's totally my responsibility, like... There, I'm aware of like semi-regular like board game, virtual board game meetups. I have mm. friends I can meet up with more often or just friends I can call um, and I choose not to. So it's my, it's my own doing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been a rough time for everybody. I mean, I was probably the loneliest I'd ever been when I lived alone and was, it, I mean, at least I was on a job, but I guess your job is looking for a job. But yeah, I, I, I've sort of been there, I guess. Um, so... I didn't have anyone nearby at the time when I was um, at that point in my life. Uh, so I could only like talk to people virtually or make phone calls. And I, I just didn't. I, or, I like spent a lot of time making Snapchat art, actually. What is that? I don't know. I tried very, very hard um, on my like Snapchat to do creative things. I've never heard the phrase Snapchat art. So I'm just like wondering what that looks like. So I guess there are, there are like Snapster pieces, I think. There's like a whole subreddit for it, maybe, if I remember correctly. But I think my magnum opus in terms of a Snapster piece is uh, a friend had sent me a picture of their um, like Duck Dynasty t-shirt. And I drew over my own, I like took a selfie, drew over my own shirt and put like a duck on it. And said like, oh yeah, me too. That that was my <laughs> that was my um, snap Snapchat art that I did. I'm not a very good artist, yeah, but I, I tried. It's like remixing other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Now we are we're updated. Yeah. Seems like how do I say this? We've been in like a transitional period in our lives, both of us. Yeah, I'm literally in it at this moment. Yeah, and I, I just kind of got out of one right so yeah the the our i guess the point in our lives right now is um still you know we're, we're still pretty young and a lot can happen so oh yeah i mean like i've noticed in myself it's strange arguably like being an anxious would be like the most justified it's ever been in my life considering my like career situation 
and I am sometimes, but I'm surprisingly not like, I'm just kind of open to whatever happens or doesn't because I, because I am generally proud of like my portfolio, like what I've made, even if it doesn't work out into a career. So therefore I don't regret how I spent this past time of non-employment. Right. I would say the same for myself too. Like, um, I, I did in my infinite time try and start some projects that I could do. I actually started a bunch of projects right before I eventually did get employed and uh, I, I don't have the time to do them anymore. Yeah, that's the classic trade-off of money but no time or time but no money. Yeah, or an energy. Let's like pick two. There's some feedback we can do. Oh, okay. Feedback from... Feedback from like our three listeners. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let's hear it. So uh, some of the feedback I had collected from, you know, I guess the friends I had convinced to listen to this. Uh, so they said that you're pretty good at like kind of hosting the or like presenting ideas and like they prefer to listen to me respond to that. And I was not very good about like hosting my topics. Like we talked about like movies and I just didn't even really know what to say about justifying why I didn't like movies. I think um, personally, I could have done a better job at responding to some of the topics you had presented if I had seen them earlier and we're trying that now. So just self-evaluation. I guess I'm not sure how to respond. I uh, It's interesting. I, I might naturally have more of a host role and there were literally co-hosts. Um, I guess like personality-wise, I'm more of the like one to make sure things actually happen out of the two of us. So that might lend itself better to like a more active like organizer and things as far as the podcast content. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, friends of Ansible, for that feedback. Potentially your friends too. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. All right. Sending randomwordgenerator.com slash noun.php. All right. So you're going to want to go to that page, uh, set number of nouns to two and then click generate random nouns. And on the page, you'll see two nouns appear. The ones I see are disk and argument. And now each of us five times are going to complete the phrase blank is like blank because, and then just write the rest of the sentence. So the goal here is to find some connection between, in this case, disk and argument. I say treat it like golf rules. You want the lowest number of skips possible. So zero skips would be a perfect score. All right. Okay, I'm done. I'm on number three and I don't want to skip. You just enjoy a little free time while I figure this one out. Okay. I think I got some pretty easy ones, so. Uh, it's weird on this last one. There's probably an easy connection, but I'm just like, what is the thing? I want to phrase it like that. All right. Hopefully we got some click clacks in there. Disc is like argument because they can both go in circles. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but discs are kind of out of style, whereas arguments are eternal. <laughs> you got that right. It's true. Are, are there like still CDs being made? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure, but there there are. I mean, I personally like buying CDs. The PS Five, you can you can get it discless. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Okay, communication is like employee because they serve some larger purpose. Just to say, like the employee is like you know, part of the larger organization mm -hmm. and communication is usually for some purpose of like camaraderie or entertainment or learning or like trying to get some, some task accomplished. So they're both kind of like tools, not to call a person a tool for some, some bigger thing. Yeah, I get it. Temperature is like mom because they both measure stuff. Cause they can both be hot baby. <laughs> I was trying to avoid jokes like that or they're both found in the kitchen Oh, no. That was what I was not trying to do. So yeah, like mom measuring out stuff for a new recipe. Mm -hmm. Sure. Media is like guitar because they're both hollow. Ooh, that's good. I feel like I did this wrong now that I'm listening to like all your answers. Well, yeah, you don't want to be like, you can both, you can listen to them both. Like you want to find like a more, slightly more interesting one. Like you're welcome to redo. It actually doesn't matter. You haven't gone yet. Yeah, I mean, like the media being hollow is slightly a stretch because it really depends. Like there are certainly really valuable media outlets. Mm -hmm. But I think like the perception of it being overall hollow is accurate. So yeah, 
My last one, literature is like maintenance because they're both ways to self-improve. Okay, yeah. Keeping a regular diet or exercising regularly and reading, obviously. They don't have to all be gems. They can just be what's on there. Yeah. Yeah, give me a, give me a second to redo some of these. And I should mention, no skips, baby. That's a perfect game. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to try and see if I can do any of these, redo any of these, so that I don't require generating another one. Damn, this is actually way harder when I do it your way. Some of mine were dull. Golf game's not the only dimension here. You're free to skip. All right, I'm going to take advantage of that skip. Okay, I'm ready. First one was pretty easy. Powers like friendship, because they both allow you to do things you couldn't do by yourself. And what sense of power do you mean? I guess just like having a lot of money. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how power is sort of measured in our world. Okay, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, I guess, directly about like, either the ability to influence things like being a bureaucrat or whatever. Um, and like powering devices, like a full charge is going to let you do more than an empty battery. Right. Moment is like activity because they both form memories. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I might counter argue that a moment moments can be like infinitely short or like a longer thing, depending on how you define them. But yeah, they can feel like they are very short or last very long. The one I skipped is series is like customer. I wanted to say something about like TV series provide repeat customers, but that was like, I don't know. You might say like there's ratings involved in both. Customers give ratings sometimes for like their experience. Like how was your shopping experience? And then TV ratings, of course. Okay. that that's actually pretty good. I, I, I did not think of that. Memory is like mode because you can kind of be a state of mind or like brain can be in a mode some of the nouns are weird like mode is like a bad noun i'd say <laughs> like it's basically like having like thing as a noun like it's too generic yeah it could also use like the math term where it means average and guitar is like freedom because they're both american soft power Ooh, and i don't actually know enough about the history of the guitar to uh agree we have a lot of famous guitarists okay yeah we export music yeah we export music very nice, yeah. Last one for me would is the one I skipped for. Uh, it's depth and debt can both go deep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah, that one was pretty easy. All right, cool, man. Yeah, I saw this exercise done on some YouTube video, but in contrast, the person in the video had to come up with responses in about three seconds. Um, the point there was to see what can happen when you let your mind kind of just like relax but we both had trouble with that, so I modified the game for us to take as long as we wanted. <laughs> kind of defeats the point, right? Mm, I mean, it's still a nice like creativity exercise. It's kind of like the game code names, where you find connections between different words. Right. All right. Good job, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Good job to you as well. Um, you got some pretty good ones. Something I do want to like bring back to our first episode is that I think like the point you mentioned of this exercise is or at least like in the original form where it's three seconds is to try and get those creative juices flowing right it doesn't need to be perfect but the point was like that you generate something right yeah definitely and i, I might argue that like the the three second sort of restraint like it didn't work for us obviously so i might i don't know disagree with like that constraint because Having no time limit like might have helped us get into that flow state better than knowing you have to go to the next one in just a second. So I think just when it comes to creativity, like whatever works, like it's like with writing, there are rules, but like you can disregard them without penalty. Sure, sure. Just from our conversations, it feels like to me, like creativity is something that you like keep coming back to as maybe a value that you value. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think I completely missed what you were trying to say on our first episode about uh, like the inner game of tennis. I was trying to say like what I had thought it was about when it was you who had read it and was telling me what it was about, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, sure. I mean, unfortunately, I've forgotten a lot of the uh, content of the book, but there's sort of an analysis mode of like doing creative work and like a generative mode. And you should try not to like multitask in that regard, like analyze what you do or generate, but they, they kind of destructively interfere with each other. So pick one or the other. Sure. Yeah. I just wanted to maybe revisit that a little bit just cause, uh, it's all good. I'm going to cut that negativity though. So deal with it.
I wanted to talk about some cognitive dissonances that I'd noticed in myself, maybe not recently, but just, um, you know, things that have collected as time have gone on. The first one I want to talk about is investing philosophy. And I mean, like with money. So I had a friend who brought up the fact that he believed that over the long term, that Bitcoin would go up and that he could ride that until or, or like for profit. I don't really believe in cryptocurrency, or at least I, I think Bitcoin is very flawed as a cryptocurrency for a variety of reasons. I don't really believe in disinflationary or wait, what, what's the opposite of inflationary? Deflationary? Deflationary currency. Yeah. I don't know very much economics, to be fair, but that seems like a bad idea to me. I'm also concerned about like the environmental impact of just crunching numbers for no reason other than to keep up with the blockchain or like to compute the blockchain, stuff like that. I mean, I thought about it and I was like, you know, in the stock market, I buy like index funds or whatever, or mutual funds that buy all sorts of companies. And I have no problem with whatever companies invest in, are invested in, in those mutual funds. And I only care that they give me a return. So eventually I just caved and bought Bitcoin and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, so that's that's my first kind of dissonance, which is the only one of the three I'm going to talk about that I've really resolved. The other one is sort of related in that I, I know I've read and heard that going vegetarian is like the best thing you can do for the environment uh, other than not having kids, which like, you know, if you don't perpetuate the human race, like if that's better for Earth than basically anything else. But other than that, you, if you don't eat meat, just because of energy levels, like trophic losses between energy levels, eating plants is like the most efficient way for you to get calories. But man, meat tastes so good. <laughs> so I know some people are vegetarian for like animal ethical concerns. And like I, that kind of gets me too. I see cow gifts that are, I mean, they're just big dogs basically. Maybe not a smart, maybe a smart, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons for me to not eat meat, go vegetarian, but I just can't do it, man. So going back to the investing, I, I feel like you do need to invest in things to just like keep up with inflation. Otherwise your cash value is going to go down. And I also think it's very hard to suss out the uh, ethical drawbacks of like cryptocurrency versus you know other mega corporations to invest in. It's all very messy, and I I'm under researched in these areas. Crypto is a novel technology, and generally, novel technologies end up being net good for mankind. Like nuclear weapons aside, bro, I, I kind of disagree. Social media was not a net good. <laughs> I think we're in like a for social media, we're in a weird like growing pains phase of it in a generation people will laugh at how bad social media was now okay you're more optimistic than me yeah i mean i think it's trending towards like uh, i don't know smaller more intentionally chosen circles and groups versus like fight with strangers we'll figure out like how to do better like generative productive conversations and fewer just like we disagree and neither of us are going to change our mind no matter what so why are we even having this conversation less of that I sure hope so, man. I am optimistic in that regard. I wish I had your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, social technology is a little different, but like in general, technologies just improve over time. Like they get better at what they want to do and faster and cheaper and all that. So I think some social media that eventually like generates happiness more consistently than like rage will be like financially rewarded. Yeah, I, I kind of don't agree. It's it's much easier to elicit like outrage in, in people and outrage clicks is like what fuels our free, free quote unquote uh, internet because it's all ad driven. True. Yeah, I, I do see that plenty on like say Twitter. It feels like you're being taken for a ride. You generate all this outrage and stuff and you don't get any return from it. Like just the the platform gets the money. Like the sea change would have to come culturally. Just like people understanding better like where we're playing into the like the platform's hand, like we can just like not do this. And it, it kind of overlaps with crypto here, but I, I think there are like, I don't, I don't know much about it, but like some forms of like decentralized social medias that like people can't restrict or regulate um, that people will like opt into that might give them some like greater control of their content. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe we evolve towards something like that, but uh, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like a lot of them are 10 years older, younger, like that's not a lot of time in technology terms. Yeah, I guess so. It is also an eternity in some sense, like at least in technology, because it moves so fast. I guess we'll see. 
yeah, we'll see. On the diet stuff, I feel like I'm like constantly just like giving boring, nuanced takes. But I'm actually skeptical or I'm not 100% on board with the idea that a like plant diet is like better for the planet. I've seen like some claims that like having like meat in the diet just because like generate something about generating like how much land is required to generate a calorie of like meat versus plants. Uh, I think like maybe like plants are like the most efficient and they can also be like less efficient than like uh, animal generated calories. Yeah, I had mostly seen stuff about an animal requires, you know, some energy to live and then you know, some of it is stored in terms of their like body mass. So you lose like 90% of the energy or something between each trophic level. Yeah. And again, like I'd started reading a book that I ditched just because it got boring to me. But again, like technology usually saves us here, like advancements in like farming and like pesticides and like crop turning, whatever the term is. Crop rotation. Yeah. Like those, those increase like land calorie yields, like by a lot. And like, I think they'll continue to do so. And I'm generally also against like putting the onus of like ethical decisions as far as like pollution and stuff, like on individuals. I'm with you there. Yeah. Like things like global trade and some like corporate costs or company cost cutting measures are way, way like imaginably more harmful than like any individual's choice to, you know, eat meat. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that one. So, so much so that I find it sometimes kind of silly to like worry about it on a personal level. Like you, you can, you can be ethically unsure about like, like animal lives, like, you know, slaughtering whatever cows and stuff for your own life. Like, I think that's a, that's a valid concern, but the, the pollution and like wasteful aspect on the individual versus like global, whatever hegemon level is, uh, it's, it's silly to me. Okay. That's a fair take. But yeah, I mean, I am a little bit concerned about like animal welfare. It's not like the, I wouldn't say it's like the driving concern in why I would want to go vegetarian, but it does, I do think about it. Yeah. I mean, especially like keep going back to technology. I think we're going to learn more about like animal consciousness with things like Neuralink. Uh-huh. But uh, we can talk more about that later. Your uh, third dissonance. Uh, my third kind of dissonance is, um, wait, got to check the notes the value of like categorization systems. And I only bring it up because I see like a lot of people put their horoscope, uh, their zodiac sign, star sign, whatever you want to call it on their like dating profiles. So that to me is uh, like worthless information. Uh, Some people also put their MBTI, which again, to me is worthless. And I've also seen Enneagrams, which is just like another personality categorization system. However, there is one that I do find useful, um, and that's like love languages. So people can be put in like five main ways of how they express or like want to receive love. And I find that useful for me, like in my own life. I, I noticed that I like to give gifts as like uh, to my friends and loved ones, um, but I, I don't like receiving gifts. So that's like a that's useful knowledge to know, I think, for myself. Whereas like some of these other personality type MBTI or Enneagrams mostly just don't interest me or I just don't find useful really. I think the main sort of difference, like why you're more drawn to love languages is because it's it, out of the things you listed, it's the most reflective of who you actually are in your experience versus things like astrology and MBTI even like Enneagram maybe tell you who you are, like you're introverted or you're whatever analytical or, you know, you are outgoing. And I think a lot of times those kind of characteristics are depend on one's environment. Sure. I've been more introverted in the past year, but I'm usually fine with like talking in a group or like at a party or something. Whereas like love language makes sense because that's going to be, I don't know, it, it does seem like more consistent for people. I think I'm like an active acts of service person, like feels pretty great to be served, you know? Yeah. The, uh, the astrology mentioned, like, I agree, like it's totally makes sense to be skeptical of any astrological claims. Uh, are you familiar with the meme that's like low wits and like mid wits and like top wits on a bell curve? No. I actually want to send you an example. Just so you know what I'm talking about. I did, uh, run into a profile once that said swipe right. If you know what mercury retrograde means. And I, <laughs> I messaged them and said, do you mean like astronomically or astrologically? They did not respond. Wow. Okay. There's a link to the uh, IQ bell curve midwit meme. You can like basically just like look at the pictures, all that matters here. So the idea is like the low wit 
and the top wit will have the same more correct view of something, whereas the midwit is crying because they insist on like a very rigid, narrow, incorrect perspective. <laughs> so the application here would be midwits like regarding like astrology and personality and love language and MBTI. The midwit would say, no, we have to trust neuroscience and double blind reviewed studies and published literature. But low wit says like, my girlfriend's into astrology. It seems pretty cool. And top wit's like, magic is real. on twitter i see a few people who are more seriously devoted to like studying like magic which i know sounds ridiculous but i I, i'm just like unconvinced either way like there may be some crazy phenomenal phenomenological stuff that is very difficult to like replicate because it's like depend on individual experience or to like measure scientifically like by design Mm -hmm. i don't know Stuff like out-of-body experiences. Yeah, just, I mean, like a very entry-level way to think about it is like lucid dreaming is a very strange concept that definitely happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like the experience of consciousness, like as developed as is in humans, Mm -hmm. is a very weird thing. Anyway, like that's a whole thing I don't know enough about to get into, but there there are like more entry-level ways to think about like unexplained magical in quotes phenomenon that like are more palatable to like the public. Sure. I'd say like, you don't believe in magic is fine, but like lucid dreaming, it's definitely a thing that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. feel free to like traverse the iceberg meme down as far as you like, as far as magic. <laughs> I guess like people who are into astrology or like Enneagrams and MBTI, they also like just discussing, oh, so you're a INFJ or whatever. And like, which ones are compatible with which? And like, so I, I do think like there is some value there because right, like, uh, like love languages you you want like compatible love languages right or like if you like to do one one love language as like a uh how you express your love versus like how you want to be loved right you want like compatibility with someone who you know fits like this i'm interlocking my fingers to those who cannot see which is everyone listening which is everyone listening yeah so i i, I mean i feel like i should be more open to enneagrams or MBTI in terms of just like uh, having something fun to discuss or analyzing yourself or yeah something like that. Maybe. I, I think I disagree. I'm thinking of an, an analogous idea that goes around like productivity or tech Twitter a lot, which is like studying for something and like reading books about it and like thinking about it is all kind of nonsense compared to like doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to learn a lot more by trying to do something or doing it versus preparing to do it. Mm-hmm. So analogously, I feel like the labels of like MBTI and love language and stuff, they, they, they can be like useful knowledge, but like that's going to, that's dwarfed in comparison to like your experience with the other person. Like, do you get along? Do you have shared interests? Like, which you'll find out by spending time together, like doing the togetherness. That's way more, that's going to yield way more useful information than all this category stuff. Sure. I can see myself resolving this dissonance in several different ways. Like, uh, it's still unresolved as of yet. So I guess uh, we'll see in a year. Ansible, you know what really grinds my gears? What really grinds your gears, Loopy? When service workers suffer little inconveniences for no good reason. I thought about this just at the grocery store recently. When people at the register stand and have to stand when they could sit, like, why are they made to stand? That Protestant work ethic, man. When wait staff get like stiffed on a tip for like no good reason when like just it's being a customer is just being rude or doesn't know you should like bare minimum. And then the United States, like just tip 15 by default, 15%. Or when like people who are like doing just grunt work or like, like just physical labor, just like by themselves, stocking shelves or like moving boxes, can't like listen to music, you know, they're just working alone. Yeah, dude, I totally feel you about your first example because at Office Depot, I was not allowed to sit um, as a cashier. And there was like, we did have a stool at one point. And uh, when there was like no one to check out, you could uh, low key sit on that stool. But then, you know, the stool disappeared because they didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that's any sort of data driven decision. Like you, like they may notice like, oh, quarter to quarter over quarter, like we're losing, we have, we're generating less revenue, but there's no way they tied that to the stool. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think at like Aldi, they, they let their cashiers sit 
on stools. So it's I, I think it's like an American thing. I think uh, Al, like Aldi's European or German or whatever. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Do you have any gear grinders? I I mean, so my life is occupied mostly by work, going to work, and then grinding dating apps. So my uh, my gear grinder is people who misuse their turn signals. I think that's pretty universal uh, pet peeve. So just seeing like turn signals that are on for a very long time and they never move, move lanes or like not using turn signals at all. So that, I don't know, that just, I'm a pretty chill guy. A lot, not a lot of stuff bothers me, but that one kind of grinds my gears. Not to excuse the behavior, but I have been in this position. Sometimes if you're more cowardly, as far as driving habits, you may like, you know, give your signal and like hesitate to do the lane switch for fear of an accident. Not to excuse that behavior. I would just say like, become, be a better driver then. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do that too, actually. Like, I don't know, man, like switching lanes gives me anxiety because I know that that is the uh, number one cause of accidents. The number one cause of accidents is lane switching? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. I, I thought it would be either like your energy being low from like lack of sleep or intoxication. Oh yeah. Those sound pretty plausible too. Like I remember reading some crazy thing where on daylight savings time, the one where you lose an hour of sleep, that next morning is like the highest accident rate of any day of the year. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense, actually. Do, do not quote me on that statistic or that factoid. Switching lanes is like a cause of accidents, I guess. Maybe not the most. So does give me some anxiety. I like, uh, I actually try to avoid switching lanes if I can. So I've like optimized my commute in the way that I do not need to switch very many lanes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. But yeah, I, I, sometimes I am a little timid about switching lanes. But I'm, I'm talking about like someone will have like a turn signal on in front of me. I give them plenty of room to try and switch lanes and they just never do. So I, you know, I'm driving. I wait, I wait, I wait. They never switch lanes. And then I guess they just left their turn signal on or something. So and, and they can't hear it from like music playing i don't know i don't know what it could be but they they just leave their turn signal on and never do anything yeah yeah annoyed or agreed that is annoying you know what really grinds my gears what really grinds your gears when a web page loads and you want to click something but as you click an ad or something else loads in its place and you click that instead oh my god that is so annoying (laughs) (laughs) and uh, uh admittedly being a web developer myself now i can see how asynchronous loading practices kind of make this uh, a thing that's difficult to combat, like on the, on the coding side or on the programmer's end, but it's still so annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you on this one. Do you have any other gear grinders? I mean, even having advanced notice for this topic, I, I, I could not think of any others than because my life is occupied by, you know, the things I mentioned earlier. I have a lot of dating app pet peeves, but not... I could not think of anything other than those. So I know you want to get to three, but dating app itself is like a hundred. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? What grinds your gears? When people put themselves down or put down their own work apropos of nothing. So when they say stuff like, sorry for asking, but and their question, or like, I know this isn't very good, but here's the link. Um, or like, sorry, this is taking so long, but... And then like the file in an email or something. Everyone, ever, like people are going to judge for themselves, you or your work. Like you don't need to like preface anything with like your own, you know, negativity about it. Like you have the right to take up space. You can be and do like different things and like own like who you are and like what you've done. Like don't disqualify yourself before you've even like shared whatever it is. You know, let, let other people reject you potentially. Like don't, you know, reject yourself. That's a uh, pretty wholesome, man. I'm a wholesome loop, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just see it sometimes on social media. So grinds my gears. I um, have something related to that. A lot of like girls always like apologize before doing something. And I'm like, you don't need to apologize, man. Or girl or lady. (laughs) Just just recently, um, someone had an idea for they wanted to do something for me. And later they apologize, like, sorry, like if I was coming on too strong for that, you know, idea they wanted to do for me. And I was like, no, 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 like 
you don't need to apologize. I was already thinking about doing it myself. I, I, I think it's just like culturally how we raise girls is that they need to, you know, apologize for their existence sort of a lot of the time. Yeah, I did want to bring up the gender aspect to this, but I didn't know how. Like, I guess you see women accommodate men more so than the reverse. Right. Um, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's really on like both women and men to like recognize when that might be happening and like try and counteract it or prevent those kinds of environments from arising. Do I get a complaint about dating yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of the, I, I'm, I've been using hinge a lot and hinge has hinge and now a lot of other apps too have like these prompts. Some of these prompts are like my controversial opinion is, or my most controversial opinion is, and for some reason, a very common quote-unquote controversial opinion is either liking or not liking pineapple on pizza. One, that's not a controversial opinion. Personally, I don't really care. It's like not even, I don't even find it like an interesting discussion, not in the same way like the dress was or um, Yanny and Laurel, because at least those were like weird perceptional glitches in like how our brain works, uh, like with the dress and Yanny and Laurel. But liking or disliking pineapple on pizza is, is like not even an interesting discussion to me. Like, who cares? I like all pizza. And I really wish that I actually saw some real spicy opinions on these controversial opinion prompt. Um, mine personally is that residential lawns should be eliminated or rethought. I don't, I don't like lawns. And I've, I've had people match me just to like tell me I'm wrong. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't actually use a controversial opinion. I don't know. I did get the match though. So another one, this is uh, probably going to get a lot of hate, but I, I'm like not super into food or travel and seeing every girl in existence say that they love food and travel is not interesting or useful data to me just because all girls love food and travel. Why? I want to know why you're unique. Please give me information that sets you apart from other girls. That's like the interesting part of people is that we're all different. So yeah, I don't, I don't really like seeing that. I don't like seeing worthless pictures. Like there's there's pictures that are like, do phones even take pictures these bad anymore? Like we've we've come so far. I think my six-year-old iPhone might. Okay. I don't know. Like some of these pictures are so bad. Like I don't I don't even know how you take pictures this bad. Also, any picture of like your dog or cat is a wasted picture. I'm not dating your dog or cat. I'm dating you. And then also people will put in their bios like, I'll love my dog more than I'll ever love you. I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> great. I'm, I'm sure you're also more sarcastic than me. I'm sure you're also more competitive than me. Other common like bio things that I see. Sometimes I wonder if the girls can smell the incel on me. The, the main thing that sticks out from all of that, um, that I want to communicate to all Hinge users who are listening, is that I think the uh, those prompts are useful in the sense that they should let strangers you know people you may want to date learn about you as a person and so it's really bad when you know like people give generic bland non-opinions about things for their controversy but also i'd I'd suggest for you ansible to maybe rethink your answer because saying you don't like lawns well it's a valid controversy doesn't give that much information about who you are a more useful response to that would be something that reveals your preferences or interests something like Maybe I prefer an active hiking and biking vacation to like laying out on the beach. So just something that talks about your preferences. Sure, sure. And like your personality and things you like and dislike. I mean, the lawns one's generally a good controversy, but it's just like not very revealing about anything about you. Okay. I mean, I think it does. Um, I don't know if you're aware of like a Facebook group called Numtots. You told me about it last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it stands for new urbanism memes for transit-oriented teens, for those that don't know. And it's abbreviated to numtots. So I have actually gotten people who matched me because of that opinion and were like, yeah, I agree. But no one has ever known what a numtot was when I asked. I'm like, so are you a numtot? And they don't know what it is. <laughs> no, no, one, no one has ever said that they were a numtot. But Generally, like if you're not into lawns, you, you, it does show a little about like your maybe political leanings or what you think about like suburban life, stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it's entirely useless, but I understand where you're coming from. I probably could get 
something that has more personal information into it. So I'll, I'll think of something else. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It does have some information about you. But I mean, like, even in a way, it's a, little, a bit misleading because, like, they'll be like, oh, you're a homeowner. And then you'll say no. <laughs> no one has ever actually asked me that. But oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like empathize with like the dating profile annoyance. Um, ideally, like, everyone would like give more effort to like communicate who they are and like what they want and what they care about in their profiles. Um, but unfortunately, like, you, you know, pursuing women, I just think like the general dating marketplace makes it so that women don't just don't have to try very hard. Right, right, right. I, I, I complain about this to my my cousin and he he tells me that and I'm just like, but I wish they did. In a way that's not necessarily bad for men because like the fact that it's a challenge to like date relative to women, dating specific, like it's always fulfilling to like be faced with a challenge and then like complete it or finish or mm-hmm. get what you want. So you may like wish like women like threw themselves at your feet, but in a way like it would be more, it's more satisfying to like eventually find a partner knowing how tough the dating market can be for men. I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking for the opposite extreme. I just wish it was a little easier. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have to go through a week of small talk to figure out who they were. Yeah. All all of the meeting a new person just to like get ghosted or something is also insufferable. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been there. Monkey mind pong. That okay, so I watched the video and when I saw that, I was like, dude, this is literally magic. Had you not seen it before? I had not seen it before. Okay. Uh we'll link it in the show notes for the listeners, but for context right now, this is about a three and a half minute long video put out by Neuralink, which is I think Elon Musk's like neural technology company. And what it does is first it shows a monkey with a tube that's uh, feeding it banana smoothie. Um, It's also holding onto a joystick that moves a dot onto different highlighted sections of a uh, screen. So when the monkey moves the dot onto the screen or onto the highlighted portion, a new highlighted portion pops up and the monkey again moves the dot to the new location in order to consistently continue to receive banana smoothie into its mouth. So that's the first part of the video. Then it shows the joystick visibly unplugged and the monkey just out of habit is still moving the joystick to move the circle to the highlighted areas, but it's doing it entirely with its mind through a neural link, which has recorded the neurons that are associated with the monkey thinking, you know, move left, right, up or down. The monkey is basically, because its neurons are mapped to the movements it desires to make, it is able to do that digitally just just through the thoughts. The joystick is no longer involved in the process. So it thinks move up into the left and the dot moves up into the left just because of the neuron mapping that Neuralink performed. So that's the middle part of the video. And the last part is the monkey just playing Pong, um, just moving a paddle up or down to continue receiving banana smoothie, again, entirely with its mind. There's, I think the joystick is not even in the screen at this part or on screen. And the speed increases and the monkey still is able to hit the ball every time. So I just want to want to talk about how crazy that is. And you hadn't seen the video before? I had not seen that video before. Yeah, it came out just early April. Um, 2021. And it blew my mind when I first saw it. I think I, think I saw it somehow shared on Twitter. The interesting things about it to me are, uh, first of all, what it will become. So I'm, I'm imagining like in the future, like it being able to play with the user's senses to like have things like a video game UI show up in your actual vision. So you could like see your heartbeat or like look at a stranger's face and like have their name pop up. Or like think like where is the nearest public restroom and then like a line from where you are like walks you to wherever that is. Um, just really cool like applications that give you just like information like more visible to you just through like thought and desire. Right. Yeah. I mean the possibilities are endless. Like if you can interface with your brain, right? Yeah. I'm also curious um, about the fact that I think I think right now it's kind of popular to hate on voice assistants like Siri and Alexa and the others, but I can see that being a useful kind of intermediate step with Neuralink to, you know, activate different features of like, like open the fridge um, and Neuralink will do it. Whereas, you know, voices can, voice assistants can do the same thing now with like smart technology. Somehow, I, I, I guess I'm not sure how, but Neuralink might make use of like the voice to like make sure it's doing what the user wants. Because, um, you know, like human brain is way more complex than like monkey brain. So maybe long before the like thought process maps on perfectly to what the user wants. So in the meantime, I might, I might use voice assistant technology to uh, aid with that. So I'm curious if that happened, like, with the public opinion on voice assistants flip, like, oh, 
voice assistant's good now because I can actually do like useful things. It, yeah, it might. Like show me my energy level. Mm-hmm. The problem with like thinking of like what Neuralink can do right now so early in the process is like it's so open that it's hard to like get a grasp or a toehold anywhere. It, it seems like you could do anything. If slash when Neuralink is like a retail product, what's something that you want it to do for you? Um, wow. An exercise my sister once asked is you only get three apps on your phone other than what a phone can do, right? Like text and make calls. I think one of my three most important apps would be navigation. So I I mean, I definitely would want to have like navigation just show up in my eyes. That'd be so cool. Or like know where you are or like, I don't know, anything with like data involved in like geography and navigation would be really cool yeah yeah i think that a navigation app would also be one of my top three uh i think i picked youtube but maybe just the act of like projecting video into your eyes well like i guess it'd skip your eyes right it'd just like stimulate your visual cortex yeah it would just like it would just be like full screen right so you would just i don't know you would just see things in your head i don't remember what my third one was but uh, navigation definitely would be like the top one for me there, there's a phrase like the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. I saw some other video of like VR equipment combined with like some tagging technology or some like visual identification technology where like a person looked around a room and they saw like phone and then like, a, like a, basically a caption up here near the said phone and it looked like a lamp and like lamp would appear. So it could be useful for like someone immersed in a different culture that speaks a different language to like know what things are in their immediate vicinity. Like I can see that easily like being a Neuralink feature. No idea if this would be like one of its eventual functions, but it could be useful to self-program incentivizing healthy behavior. So like say if it if it knows I like I'm done eating for the day and then I like open the fridge, maybe like I start hearing like annoying music or I just like see an ad or something. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll go away as soon as I walk away from the fridge. But it's like a like like it's and it's you know totally voluntary. Like I would opt into it, of course. Just like a way to like help myself be better to myself, like adhering to long-term desires versus like more immediate whatever wants uh so for like that kind of overlay thing it like probably would be good for like language learning too so you could like see oh you point at an object and then like hear what it is in a different language oh yeah yeah hear the pronunciation definitely this is more like frivolous maybe i'm sure it has real uses like it'd be nice to have real life filters all the time like you just like see in monochrome or invert the colors or like make it look like Van Gogh's Starry Night style, or activate like big head mode, like from GoldenEye 64, <laughs> where it looks like everyone just has a big head. There was like someone working on uh, like earbuds that could sort of like filter the world as well. I think like you could, uh, like say you're on a plane and uh, you don't want to hear like a kid crying or something, you could like selectively filter out the kid crying. I don't know like what stage of development they're on, um, but that, that'd be like something similar. That'd be very useful, but I don't know that I would really take advantage of it. I, I kind of like experiencing the world unfiltered. Uh, I think the closest thing we have at the moment to this kind of thing is like the better air, the better noise canceling headphones, like AirPods and the other stuff. I've only, I've only tried them out a few times, but they seem, I don't know. I, I like them a lot. Like the noise canceling technology. I also thought Neuralink could be useful when it's better, like mapping thoughts to different things to like, just take notes on the fly of like, oh, I got to remember to visit friend tomorrow or, um, or you just like went to some new restaurant and you like take a note on like the service was great, but it was a little dirty, but the uh, whatever curry was amazing. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, offloading your memory. Yeah, because a lot of people have trouble with memory. So if you just like when it happens, hey, make a note of this and that, then you can like retrieve all your notes on places I've eaten in the past month or Things to remember about mom's birthday or something. Yeah, that would be super useful for me, I think. Yeah, like literally like the lowest buried entry, like just thinking, take this note and then whatever it is. What do you think on the uh, ethics of throwing all this crazy brain tech onto a monkey? The monkey seems fine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like obviously we can't know long-term effects, but if you're going to like use a monkey for an experiment, <laughs> this seems like a pretty good gig. Get smoothie play video games <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for sure with your mind uh you ever hear the quote like any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic yes i have when the monkey was playing pong i definitely felt that i was like this is literally magic like he's controlling with his mind that that's crazy and it's all it's all relative to like your time of existence like there was a time centuries ago when 
printed texts and books like stored knowledge. That was magic to some people like, oh, I don't have to travel across the ocean to go study under this whatever university professor who's only in Europe. Magic. Yeah. I mean, our cell phones would be magic just a couple hundred years ago. I mean, even just a century ago, it'd, it'd still be magic. I recently read um, book two of the Three Body Problem trilogy. The, the basic premise, without any spoilers, is that humanity really needs to ramp up its technological production really, really quickly. So it does things within like a few centuries of like developing like an off Earth like civilization. Like there are people who live on Earth all the time and people who live like up in the outer atmosphere all the time. And so I just think like it's interesting that, you know, it's it's totally a feasible development, but it's a matter of like applying, you know, the power, the energy and money and focus into a specific technology to like develop it faster. Like I've heard some tragic stuff about like how nuclear technological development is basically like, at least in the United States, like clamped off for some reason. I think it has stagnated. I don't know that there's a conspiracy against nuclear. It's just that it's like very messy. And there's a lot of risk involved. And so like developing new stuff is hard because the old stuff, I mean, is it still works. Like developing new generation reactors, like no one wants to take the risk on the new stuff. Building off uh, a comment you made earlier, I had read another book called Seven Eves and they had discussed at one point, they had a term for it, I think in the book, but kind of the idea that we choose sort of like what to develop or like what technological advancements we make. So they they pointed out like um, like we made a lot of telecommunications advancements in our present time, social media networks and stuff and computers and the internet. And that caused them in the book a lot of problems. So they chose not to like develop those any further going into the future and like actually somewhat regressed in like their telecommunication devices. But they also like focus societally their um, advancement in like space and like big mega projects in space because that's like what they needed. So like we have the resources, again, sort of like the future is unequally distributed. Like the incentives for what to develop right now are not there for like nuclear, for example, or like green energy technology in general. Yeah, because it's very hard to like attribute ecological disasters to, you know, whatever pollution or different harmful actions. I just want to say as well that like even if a monkey played Pong, like not with Neuralink, I would be pretty impressed that it like understood the rules and could play Pong. Oh, no, it's all just like they're they're a program. Like if I do this, I don't get smoothie. And if I do that, I do get smoothie. Therefore, I'm going to do that. I mean, so like we're just animals. I think that's undisputable. (laughs) And we're maybe just a couple abstraction layers away from being a monkey or like more advanced than being a monkey. So I really question like sometimes how much like conscious control we have over our lives. To, To me, the main difference between us and the other animals is that we are able to think about thinking, Mm -hmm. which is like the game changer. It's basically like one way to define consciousness. Right, right, right. Um, So you don't have to like overeat or I don't know, do like gross behaviors towards other people. Like you can like consider second order effects and like other people's existence, not just internal to yourself. Right. But it's, uh, that's like harder, right? So it's a lot easier to go on like some of the lower level systems of your brain. I guess like reptilian brain is one of them that is referred to a lot, but like it's a lot easier to default to like animal brain sort of behavior. It's a lot harder to think about like doing what you said. Yeah. I mean, I think like part of the process of childhood is like making that shift. Some people just never grow up though. That is a subtweet if I ever heard one. In the last episode, we figured out the name of this podcast, but I thought maybe we should think of an outro or maybe an intro. I agree. And I saw this note of yours. And so I made 11 of my own. Holy sh- I was not ready for this. You give me an inch. I'll make 11. All right. <laughs> for, for real this time, I'm totally okay with this just being like, a fun exercise that doesn't go anywhere because I'm not sold on like a podcast having to have an outro. Okay. Cause like we don't have like plugs or sponsors or anything that like would structurally make it an outro, you know, more, you know, purposeful. We're just riffing, you know? Right. All right. So I did include your, we got the woe as one of them. So we'll see whenever it comes up. All right. Uh, 
the first idea I had is waveform amplitude approaching zero. But as that's played, the volume decreases from like normal down towards like you can barely hear the word zero. Is that like a recording we'd play once it's uh or like once the episode is done? I mean, one of us would just say it to end the episode. We would just say waveform amplitude approaching zero. Okay, that's all right, I guess. They're all all right. Some are bad, actually. Okay. Next, we got the woe. I, I like that because we said that together naturally in our first episode. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I listened to the first episode a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that part. <laughs> or, you know, something that we can say together that's kind of along those lines was what I was thinking. Yeah, I can see it being either like good or cringe. But the fact that we naturally said we got the woe together mm-hmm. would be like a nice foundation. Mm-hmm. It's, it does strike me as like a little cheesier to say every time. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little corny to me. Like, we got the woe. We recorded an episode. Yay us. Next is episode efficiently executed. I kind of like that and I kind of don't. I can't really explain why. There's just nothing there. It's just, an, it's just a, an alliteration. All right, this one involves some already recorded music. Okay. What, what what was the lyrics? I heard like all day. It's not lyrics. It's just noises. Oh, okay. From Hannah Montana. <laughs> uh, I think she's basically saying like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm not a big fan. Fine. Next, stay odd, Issy. A Lamau. I kind of like it. That's a little cutesy pun. But again, like, I'm kind of sour on the idea of outro, of having an out- a regular outro in general. TV shows had to have, like, you know, end credits and stuff, but this is more freeform. All right. Next is you would say, I'm Ansible. And then I would say, and I'm Loopy. And then together we say, and this has been. And then it cuts off before we are able to say Waveform Odyssey. Hmm. Okay. And as a bonus, the next episode could start with us simultaneously saying Waveform Odyssey. Like that, that could Ooh. be the first. Yeah, I like that. The first part of the, ne- the very next episode. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally into that, actually. I like the like cyclical kind of thing. Yeah, I thought it was a more interesting one. Next, also, next one also involves some already recorded audio. I'm just not a fan of this pre-recorded audio thing, man. (laughs) After your reception to Hannah Montana, I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, can we get DMCA'd for that? I don't think we're important enough for that to happen. (laughs) That's about eight seconds of a Kanye West song saying, that's just the wave. Waves don't die. Oh. It wasn't random. Okay. (laughs) Unlike Hannah Montana, which was. Okay. I kind of like the message. But I don't like the pre-recorded audio. Yeah, yeah. This is this is not a serious one. I, I don't want to get a chance of DM, DMCA. Ready or not, here we were. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I kind of I like sputtered out towards the end, all right? That was number 10. Uh, we have three more, though. Oh, man. They get worse? You tell me. All right. <clears throat> this has been Waveform Odyssey. Dude, you're actually a pretty good singer. What the heck? Yeah, I just uh, never bothered. That's pretty good. Um, I don't know that it's like a very good outro, though. I'm very impressed with your your singing ability, though. Let's uh, let's hear your take on it. This has been Waveform Odyssey. Nice. Well, yeah, you you were a professional singer, so. I wasn't a professional singer. I was a hobbyist. An organizational singer. An organizational singer. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I practiced it just a bit to see how it would sound before recording. I definitely used like a different whatever tonal pattern, but I don't remember what that was. So that's the singing outro. Got to keep it and generate till I get a three or a seven here. Come on, three or, three or seven, baby. Not, not getting that three or seven. There it is. All right. Every episode, we force the words waveform and odyssey into different cliches or idioms. So like, and remember, 
you can catch more flies with waveform than with odyssey mm. i i had i listened to a podcast with a similar gimmick to this they had like secret words where they had to work it into something they said i did not like that gimmick and remember it takes more muscles to waveform than to odyssey no i i really do not like this gimmick and remember a waveform in the hand is worth two in the odyssey no 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 oh man wow i'm surprised what is the uh, podcast that does this it's the comedy podcast that Hank and John Green do. Dear Hank and John. Dear John and Hank. I forget which one is the canonical name. Last is turn around, don't drown. That's it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> what is? How is that even related to Waveform Odyssey? Ansible, if you have to ask. I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the waves flooded the highway, I guess. Yeah. So you better you better turn around so you don't drown. Okay, I see. That's all I had in mind. I know I kind of hijacked, you wrote that topic in the show notes and I kind of hijacked it. So that's, that's cool, man. I I did not expect it, but it is welcome. I don't know that I'm like completely sold on any of them either. I mean, I I like some variation of we got the woe just because it like organically happened that one time, but I don't, I don't know that. Wait, wait, which one did you like? Oh, we got the woe. We got the woe. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. (laughs) <laughs> we got the woe oh okay that won't work either i don't know I, I i'm thinking about other podcasts that do this and ways in which like it's good or bad my my if i like had total control like my ideal outro setup would be like doing something different every time or like something that's interesting every time i'm not super invested in like the same outro every single time mm-hmm. no change Like maybe you can say the same thing, but like play around with like the inflection or the pause, like a pause somewhere in there. I do also like like repetition things, of course, as 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 a looper that I am. But I don't know why I'm so averse to the we got the woe as like that thing. It just like it reads me as corny or like self satisfied maybe. I don't I don't really see it that way. It doesn't have to be the phrase we got the woe. Like it could be something that's a little bit more appropriate for an ending. But just saying it together was uh, a cute little thing that happened. Yeah, I agree. And there's, to me, like maybe saying it every episode kind of dilutes that like episode one magic Uh in a way. Sure. You know, don't, don't lean on it. Just let it be the gift that it was. That's fair. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have an outro of course last time, which was fine to me. I'm just not sure it's very important. I would be a fan of at least like this one time doing the I'm Ansible and I'm Loopy and this has been. Okay. We can do that just for this time. All right. Uh, Well, I'm Ansible. And I'm Loopy. And this, and has, this has been, has been. <laughs> what? This is Ansible, and this is Loopy, and, and this has. This has been. Oh my gosh! Do I have to like do this in editing? Yeah, but no, it's not going to be the same. Spe- it's not going to be the same speed. All right, I think we just like try it five times in a row, and then like one of them will be good. Okay. I'm Loopy, and this is Ansible, and, and this, this has, has been. been.